When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome to MetLife Stadium, where you watched earlier today your Buffalo Bills fall the 6-2 and two on the season with a 2017 uh, heartbreaker of a loss. A lot of missed opportunities in this game. We're going to break it down from every single angle right here on the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. But before we do, let me remind you that you can enter for a chance to win $1 million right now. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help to, des- to decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone to enter. All right, he's Ryan Talbot. I'm going to bring him in right now, and I'll let you kind of take the wheel. Um, what do you think was the biggest contributor to this loss for the Bills today? Problems on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but if I had to choose one thing, uh, it would have to be Josh Allen and some of the decision-making that he has made over the past six quarters, Matt. We saw it in the second half of that Packers game, two really bad interceptions, and, and then he kind of picked up where he left off last week. First drive of the game, Bills get great field position after uh, the Jets kicker slips on the opening kickoff. He connects with Stefan Diggs on a deep ball. And then he just kind of lofts this pass that literally goes right to a Jets defender. And even if he thought that Dawson Knox was going to, you know, do something a little bit different on the route, it still was tight coverage. Uh, it still was a, a ill-intended throw, just a bad decision. Uh, and you can say the same for his second interception, where it seemed like a miscommunication with Gabe Davis, but no bills in the area. Sauce Gardner just waiting for, and that had come after a huge turnover that the Bills defense had. Uh, created deep in Bill's territory with Von Miller strip sack, AJ Epinesa recovery. So it, for me, it's the play of Josh Allen that really hurt Buffalo the most today. Yeah. And I think part of the problem the last two weeks has been the quality of the team that they've played and the defense that they've played. Like don't, don't mix things up here. This jets defense right now is playing as good as any defensive unit in the NFL. This is a string now of some really tough games. And this was right at the, other side of what everybody thought was going to be the really tough stretch of the bills season. Right. Like, and I think the jets are better than anybody even said and look and watching them live today. I think they're even better than I kind of thought they were going into the game. And I, and I think I, 
I probably should have thought it was going to be a little bit closer. I just, I downplayed Zach Wilson and they had a really good game plan for Zach Wilson today. Get the ball out of your hands quickly. We're going to rely on the run game. And that was to me, the other biggest problem in this game was the bills cannot stop the run. All of a sudden, once again, 208 yards on the ground last week against the Packers this week, 174 yards on the ground to this jets team, Ryan, who lost Brees Hall for the year. They have Michael Carter, who has just been fine over the course of his career. James Robinson's been banged up, and he was ineffective in Jacksonville before he uh, came over in a trade. This is a really bad look for this defense, and you could tell the frustration for them in the locker room. And, you know, Sean McDermott comes out after the fact and says, this is something we're going to take a good, long, hard look at this week, and it has to be something. You went out and you got Daquan Jones. You brought back Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson to avoid games like this. And this wasn't a game where if you're the Bills defense, you're worried about what they're doing in the passing game. And in the end, they didn't really do enough in the passing game to even impact the game. You want to stop the run. And when they had to, they couldn't. Eight straight runs, Ryan, in the fourth quarter on that drive. And a couple that went for 15 or more yards. I think there was two or three of them. This is a really, all of a sudden, a big problem. If you can't stop the run against offenses like the Jets, I mean, we're not even let's not put the jets in the top in the top 10 in terms of offenses. You're going to face running games mm-hmm. that you're going to face. It's going to get tougher starting next week against the Vikings. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, the bills have just struggled to stop the run. And, and last week, you know, you kind of mentioned it, you had to worry about Aaron Rodgers and throwing the ball. And I, I get that he doesn't have a great receiving core, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league based on how he's looked so far in his career. He's coming up, he was coming off of a really bad second half against the Patriots, some really bad interceptions in that game. Uh, so I think if you're a Bills fan, you're not really necessarily worried uh, too much uh, about that. So yet, knowing that the passing game wasn't there, knowing that they were struggling um, to stop the run, the Bills still had no answers, Matt. You mentioned it here. Uh, well, thank you, Jeremy, by the way. Wow, that, that is... Well, we got to stop huge... for a second. We got to stop yeah. for a second. Who's Jeremy Gugino dropping a hundo bomb oh, on Ryan Telby? He says, take the family out to Beef and bar- Barrel. Whoa, baby. You know, I, I was there with my wife on Friday, uh, some of the best food in Oland. So shout out to the Beef and Barrel. Shout out to Jeremy. Uh, thank you so much for that super chat. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. But, uh, you know, going back to that run game, Matt, you mentioned it. this defensive line, they weren't really banged up. They had all their, their main players. It was the linebackers with Matt Milano that was banged up. It's the safety position. It's the cornerbacks. I know they had some injuries in game. Greg Rousseau had, had an injury, but there's no real excuse for why they couldn't stop Michael Carter and James Robinson today. And, and then late in the game where you knew they were going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It, it just, there were no answers. And the one thing I will say is there's some really poor tackling today. A lot of missed tackles up front, a lot of missed tackles off the edge. Uh, I, I don't want to pinpoint one player specifically, but Jaquan Johnson had a really bad game in terms of the angles that he took, the missed tackles on the back end. It was just so, funny yeah, how you said that because you're like, I don't want to pinpoint any one player. But, you know what Jaquan yeah, know. Johnson was? I know, but I, but I almost feel like it had to get called out. No, I agree. It's night and day in terms of uh, what you get with Jordan Poyer back there. And I think that's a big reason, too, why they uh, signed or why they traded for, excuse me, Dean Marlowe at the trade deadline. I think you need to get Marlowe up to speed so you can get him into that rotation ASAP uh, because Jaquan Johnson has kind of proven here that he might just be more of that special teams 
uh, contributor, that depth piece, that safety. You don't really want him playing meaningful reps. Yeah, the injuries showed today on the defensive side of the ball. When they needed to stop, guys like Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano, veterans, you know, all pro caliber players, they, they weren't able to make those plays today. And I think, listen, I know there's been a lot of like uh, this sense from Bills fans from Ju- about Jaquan Johnson, like, you know, turn the page. You've seen enough. He's he's had a couple games this year where it hasn't gone great. But I think that there is still some development that needs to happen there, and he needs to be in these kinds of situations. I think it's really hard to get really good at something in a, in a quick in a quick manner when you haven't done it very much. And we saw that in a couple places today. Terrell Bernard, you could see like the eyes open wide in the locker room. And when, when I got a chance to sit down and talk to him for a few moments, um, he was sitting in the locker. I was standing. And I asked him, like, the speed of the game. I mean, how much did, w- was that kind of indicative of what happened out there and the struggles that you had? He's like, 100%. He's like, it, it took a couple series before things kind of slowed down for him. And unfortunately, when you're thrown out in a spot like this, when you haven't really played football in two months, that's a really hard spot. And at the end of the day, you held the Jets to 20 points on the road. You have Josh Allen, the best quarterback in the league. And I think we can maybe pivot back over to that side for a moment. We're going to get back to the defense. But I think the offense has to find a way to manufacture drives, manufacture points, and a big way not to do it is turning the ball over, which hmm. they did in the first quarter. They do it again in the fourth quarter, but not enough big time plays. And it, and there's enough of the blame to go around. I think you start with Josh, you start with his inability to see open receivers. And I think if you go back and watch this game, especially on that all 22, you're going to see guys that were open. There was one play where Quentin Morris broke open for what seemed like a wide open spot on the seam. Um, I, I think I saw Isaiah McKenzie and Stefan Diggs on two separate occasions open down the field. You need your quarterback to make those plays when they're available because this is a really good front and a really good secondary. I mean, I was impressed with Sauce Gardner. I was equally impressed with DJ Reed. You got to make plays when guys are open. And then for the rest of the game, I think it's okay to push a little bit of a panic button on Gabe Davis here. You know, he he had a really big game a couple weeks ago, but it's been a lot of nothing ever since. And you're starting to get concerned in these games against good defenses. He's been kind of erased a little bit uh, out of the game. Yeah. So obviously Josh Allen, I already pinpointed him as being the biggest reason they lost today, but uh, across the board on offense, you can look at the offensive line, Matt. I think the jets blitz two to three times this entire game, but the offensive line was still kind of manhandled pushed around. There was one play where Quinn and Williams pushed Mitch Morris right into Josh Allen and recorded a sack. Mm. There was a lot of pressure there. Uh, there were some great runs by Allen designed and scrambles, but there are also times where he was trying to take off and the, the defense just collapsed around him. So offensive line did not have the greatest day today. Wide receivers. I, any wide receiver not named Stefan Diggs, I feel like has not stepped up enough for this offense. And you mentioned there's going to be times where you go back, you look at the all 22, you look at the film and there's going to be guys that did run open on routes and Allen missed them. But uh, Gabe Dave is coming back for a third down pass and he drops it. Allen delivered it right where it needed to be. You could look at that. Uh, the last play of the game, that fourth down play, Allen delivered a ball almost 70 yards in the air. And even though it was contested, Sauce Gardner was there. The ball hit Gabe Davis. It looked like right in the chest. So it was on the money. It's one of those things where playmakers need to make those kind of plays. I feel like the Bills aren't getting enough from the wide receiver position, the tight end position. Dawson Knox did have touchdowns in back-to-back games, but I feel like since signing that extension uh, in the offseason, he he really hasn't had any of those big moments like you saw from last year. And touchdowns are hard to replicate, but I thought he'd be a bigger part of the passing game, 
more receptions, more yards. And then the last thing, Matt, with the offense, I can't pin this on the running backs. I, I don't feel like Ken Dorsey did a good enough job to get the running backs going today. The last two games where Devin Singletary has done a really good job. He had 18 carries against the Chiefs, where he averaged five yards per carry. He had 14 carries last week against the Packers, and he averaged almost 4.7 yards per game uh, gain. So he only had eight carries today. Cook had a few. I get that the Jets were controlling the clock a lot in the second half with the their ability to run, but the Bills did a, a poor job of getting Devin Singletary and Cook involved, at least as rushers. I think that's a great point. And I think to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, A, it didn't seem like they had a plan to run the ball in this game like they have been, you know, in the past in the past couple of weeks. And I thought that because of Josh Allen's instability in the pocket, he was looking to run so much that sometimes when he tries to take over a game as a running back, you know, like what he did in that 30 plus yard run, it was a really nice play. It kind of takes them out of their own running game with their, with their backs. And because he's so much a part of that game, they're almost kind of forcing the issue with the pass. And one play in particular that I want to point out that just seemed so out of place. I didn't like the call. I didn't like what they did with him and the spot in the game. It was, I think it was a third and eight and they ran a wheel route to Naheem Hines and was one of his first like plays of the game. I think he had been in the game earlier, but where he was actually getting targeted, the play looked exactly for him. He's still learning the offense, Ryan. Like, is that the spot when you're in a back and forth game against the Jets to run Hines out there and have him run a a, a route? And Allen was a little bit off anyway. I think he threw it a little bit too far. He kind of extended it. Didn't, it didn't play. It just seems like from the inco like the, there was a lack of cohesiveness on the field and it was a lack of communication and fluidity between Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen and with the way that this game was called. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I will say Naheem Hines was open on that play and Allen just mm. threw it too far, but it goes to the chemistry aspect of it. They've, they've only had a few practices together to really for Allen to kind of get down the timing to get down that actual speed that he has. He put too much on it. Uh, Naheem Hines tried to lay out for it and make a play, but it was just all for not. So, yeah, some odd play calls, some odd, you know, you know, uh, decisions by Allen, obviously, with those throws. He almost had a third interception. Uh, second, it would have been a second interception by Whitehead on the play. It bounced right off of him. So Allen's lucky, lucky to escape with just those two. But it, it kind of reminds me, again, of, of that Dolphins game. The Bills had a chance to win. Uh, when, when it mattered, they just weren't able to put together that final drive. Now, you can say that that holding call on Deion Dawkins was bad. There's been video put out there on social media. It looks like he just finished the play. Didn't look like there was any holding, really. Uh, but the defender fell to the ground. So a lot of the times the officials call that. But the, the Bills, like you said, Matt, they had opportunities. They had chances in this game. They just came up short on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I think as you as you start to look at this game a, a little bit closer, for what it is, a divisional loss. And a bunch of guys were asked about that after the game, the fact that, you know, you don't look here. The Bills have had so much, so much success this season, six wins um, overall, but the two losses are both in the AFC East. If this thing gets close down the stretch, these games are going to matter. And, you know, you look at the Miami Dolphins who um, are, are playing really good football on the offensive side of the ball. The Jets obviously, you know, have a defense. The AFC East is really good. And the, and the Patriots keep kind of like, just clogging along. Like, I don't, I don't think that they're as good as maybe their record indicates. They've had a lot of advantageous matchups. I mean, Sam Ellinger uh, uh, today looked about as bad as you can look in a, in, in a football uniform playing the 
quarterback position. But these are the kinds of games that um, you look back. That, you know, it, it's not necessarily the Jacksonville game because the Jaguars were a bad team. They were uh, it, it was kind of a fluky game. The offense wasn't where this is a good team. This is a good Jets team. But these are, are games that the, this Bills team with the aspirations they have they have for this season, they got to figure out a way to win these ones. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, it's big for the division because as you said, the jets are right there. They're a half game behind the dolphins were able to hold on for 35, 32 win over the bears. So again, defense has some struggles, but offense special teams played well for them. So the division is still all of a sudden still up for grabs, but the big thing that you and I have talked about for months now, even before the start of the season is the bills claiming the number one seed in the conference. Uh, and now with two losses, you know, they're not as firmly in the driver's seat. They're both losses that took place within the conference, obviously, since they were both within the division. So they're opening that door for a team like the Chiefs. They're opening that door for some of these other contenders uh, that if the Bills keep losing these games to division rivals, some of these games that they have coming up, a tough game next week against Minnesota, uh, all of a sudden it's going to be, again, the Bills are going to have to go on the road come playoff time. And, And while they have enough talent to certainly do that and win, there's an advantage to playing at Highmark stadium with all of your fans there. And the bills could kind of let that slip through their fingers. There's also an advantage to, you know, getting over to tops and taking advantage of their holiday program that gets you, you know, all these kinds of deals. Uh, Tis the season to save on groceries and all of your favorite holiday gifts and Christmas bonus is underway at tops friendly markets shop at tops and save $10 at all your other favorite stores and restaurants with over 25 gift cards to choose from. There's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's, great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings, that big new uh, big screen TV you, you wanted from Best Buy and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with t- Christmas bonus from Tops. Visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus for more details. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. All right, Ryan Talbot, uh, we got to do a couple things here. I, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, some of the performances in this game. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was a question that was on the screen earlier. We could we could maybe hit this first. What this maybe potentially does for Josh Allen's MVP odds. Because I felt like when you got to that halfway point of the season last year and they went through that up and down phase of the year, that's when the MVP odds started to dip. I think with a big-time performance from Patrick Mahomes tonight – Josh Allen might finally be not the number one MVP favorite after this week of play. I mean, the numbers are going to indicate he didn't throw any passing touchdowns today, had two uh, interceptions. The quarterback rating is going to go down. You know, it's probably going to take a hit. Joe Burrow's playing pretty good ball in Cincinnati. Had a big day today against the Panthers. Jalen Hurts obviously uh, willed his team to a big win against the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. I think it's safe to say that the, the, the leading the pack in terms of the MVP favorite might be under attack this week. Yeah, I think Hertz has kind of firmly moved into that top spot. He has an undefeated team. He's shown great improvement as a passer, uh, really good running the ball. So I don't see why, you know, he isn't in that top spot because of the fact that they're still undefeated at this point. They're playing really good football in Philadelphia. Josh Allen, as great as he is, and has been this year. He's he's has not been good the last six quarters. So it definitely takes a hit on the MVP odds. Now, 
the good news for Allen, the good news for Mahomes and all these other contenders for the MVP. It's not decided after eight games or nine, you know, nine weeks. It's decided at the end of the season. So all of these players still have plenty of time to kind of uh, improve or help their stock down the stretch. Josh Allen and the Bills could get hot at the right time. And uh, maybe when it's all said and done, it's a it's a no brainer. And it is Allen. But it's it's definitely taken a hit in the past six quarters, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely taken a hit. And I think that, you know, Jalen Hurts, I think the league's still trying to catch up to that offense. They have the benefit of like the Stefan Diggs effect from a couple of seasons ago when he came to the Bills and they hit the ground running and teams were kind of trying to play catch up. That's what teams are doing with the Eagles right now. Nobody expected Hurts to take this jump. Nobody expected A.J. Brown to have this kind of elite impact on that offense. So you have those kind of things going on with the defense that they've, you know, kind of put together over there. And they got a really good football team. And when you're undefeated, I mean, it amplifies everybody's stats. So I think to your point, Jalen Hurts is going to kind of get ratcheted up there. And I, I also think, man, we're about to see Patrick Mahomes go up against the Tennessee Titans. If the Chiefs put one on the Titans, if they're able to move the ball, if they're able to score, if Patrick Mahomes puts up one of those big stack games on the heels of now two back-to-back Josh perform- Josh Allen duds, if you will, I think he's going to be in a really good spot. Let's get into Sauce Gardner for a moment because – you know, Von Miller gave him the shout out, him and Quinn and Williams. He said uh, Sauce Gardner went crazy out there. But the way the Jets used him was interesting to me. It seemed like he was mostly responsible for Gabe Davis in this mm-hmm. game. And so as opposed to trying to take Stefan Diggs out and letting everybody else eat, they kind of said, all right, we're going to take Gabe Davis out of the game. We don't want him to beat us and see if, you know, with DJ Reed on the other side and some other things that they were doing, see if Stefan Diggs can sustain what he did in the first first quarter. And obviously he had that big play on Sauce Gardner. He said, you know, I thought I saw that on film and uh, I watch a lot of film and usually he kind of runs that underneath and obviously he didn't. So it was a bit of a mix up. And then he spent most of the rest of the day on Gabe Davis. But I thought it was interesting the way that they played them that way and how that kind of, I think it really screwed up the the entire how the Bills were attacking him. It's almost like they weren't ready for them to do that. Maybe they expected the sauce on digs. Yeah, perhaps they did. And and after that first play, you know, you felt really good about the the double move that Diggs pulls off and Allen hits them and uh looks like they're real they're in business, they're deep in Jets territory. But then, like you said, for the most part, it wasn't Diggs versus Sauce, it was Diggs versus DJ Reed. And uh Diggs had some wins in that matchup too, obviously. Uh, but with Sauce Gardner specifically, like uh like Von Miller said, he had a game. He he played great. He read Josh Allen's eyes on that play where there's no bills in the vicinity. Uh, and he, but he saw that Allen was throwing it to this area where I think he thought Gabe Davis was going to go, and he read it perfectly, created the interception. He had some uh, good plays in just in defense in general. And obviously on that final play, the, the long uh, pass breakup on, on – uh, Gabe Davis, you can argue about pass interference. There was some hand fighting. There was some grabbing, uh, but he was still toe for toe with him, step for step with him down the field. So uh, I thought Sauce Gardner after that first play, he did live up to the hype that we've seen in terms of being uh, one of the better cornerbacks in the league already just in his rookie year. So the Jets got a good one in Sauce Gardner. One thing that people were, I, I think I saw a couple of my DMs and, and, and some of my mentions about what what it specifically is going on with Josh Allen. And I think we could kind of talk about that a little bit throughout the week here as we move up and as we get, get a chance to go back and watch this game. Because I think this is going to be a good one to dive back into and have kind of like a, 
you know, a reaction pod to it. Like when, when we're able to kind of really, you know, dive into it, where the, where the bills need to kind of address some of the problems that they have. We already talked about the running game and, and obviously they need, they need to have a better idea and commitment to that. It was almost like they completely pivoted off of what's been working the last two weeks, by the way, side note with a lot of James cook early, like in the mm-hmm. game, like in the first quarter. And I thought that that was completely flying in the face of what, they'd done in previous weeks, even with Zach Moss still on the roster. And obviously Naheem Hines, not up to speed yet on this offense. So he wasn't really getting out there and getting a lot of reps. And that might even change over the course of the, and do they kind of devolve back into the problem that they had with Moss all the time before when they're trying to feed all these different models in the run game. But I think that the, some of the concerns in the pass blocking department really reared their head today. You know, like you mentioned, the Jets, you know, going in this game, they're going to rely on their four man front. And I thought a couple of times, like it's almost like Josh Allen seems a little skittish in the pocket these last two weeks, going up against really good fronts with really good pass rushers. He he's he stood in there and made a couple really nice throws, more so in that Green Bay Packers game. That one where he got lit up and he threw it down the field like a, on a on a rope, and it was a dime for thirty yards. But the more you have to make those plays and the less clean pockets that you have, I mean, I really I, I have to go back and watch it, Ryan. I think there was maybe one or two sincerely good clean pockets, and the one play he just didn't make down the field because they were doing a really good job in coverage. That's an area where I think if you're going to have a concern. That's where it probably starts with their inability to really block consistently against good defensive lines. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Brandon Bean kind of said it's hard to find offensive linemen this time of year. And the Bills kind of have to roll with who they have. And uh, some weeks they're going to be in some matchups that they're going to be facing tough odds. Like Quinn and Williams and that Jets defensive front, they are as legitimate as they come. Uh, we saw the rookie defensive end that they were able to get late in the first round, get a sack on Josh Allen, where Allen was trying to uh, roll out and run, and, and he was able to kind of bring him down. We I already talked about Quinton Williams. I, I like that defensive line a lot, and I, I you know, specifically pointed out the one sack where he pushed Mitch, Moore, Mitch, uh, Mitch Morse back. Excuse me, But there were other plays, too, where Buffalo's offensive line, the, the pass rushers are getting around the edge, and then they're caving in, though, too, where Allen doesn't have any lanes to run through, and he is looking skittish. He's looking to kind of get around them, and, and there's nothing there. So maybe that's factoring into this, uh, these bad interceptions, the bad decision-making, the errant throws. Um, obviously late in the game, we saw him, uh, there was a strip sack and we saw him holding his arm and his elbow. Uh, obviously he then flicked a 70 yard pass on the next play, but it's always concerning when you see a quarterback holding their arm and elbow like that too. It's something to monitor there, but you know, this isn't going to be the last time that the bills play a really good defensive front. They obviously have Miami again on this schedule. I know the defense as a whole struggles, but there's a lot of talent on that defensive line. They have the Jets again. Um, They have some really good teams left. The Browns have a really good defensive front when healthy. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Bills can figure out what needs to be done. Does it mean keeping in an extra blocker? Uh, Does it mean almost going back to kind of like a week one, what they did against the Rams, where Knox did a lot more blocking than maybe anticipated to kind of keep a guy like Aaron Donald in that line at bay? I don't know, Uh, but the Bills definitely have to go back to the drawing board because if Allen keeps playing under pressure uh, like he has the last two weeks, we might continue to see the same type of mistakes we've seen uh, him make. And it's very uncharacteristic. It looked more like rookie Josh Allen these last six quarters than what we've seen in a long, long time. I think the the really wavy waters for me too, and you saw it play out here today, where 
the ship can feel like it's sinking when you don't have a couple of the guys that this defense has relied on all of these years that they've been good. I mean, Matt Milano is playing at one of the highest levels of his position in the NFL right now. And without him, they like Terrell Bernard a lot, but they also listed him as the, the, the Mike linebacker backup on the depth chart. And now they're asking him to kind of move over there. And I know Tyrell Dotson, historically, he likes to kind of fill more into that Mike spot as well. But Bernard got the, the call today. And I think part of that probably was, you know, they would never admit to this, obviously, but maybe a little bit of hubris in the, in the idea of, you know, letting Bernard come in here and play against the Jets offense that just hasn't been very good. But when you're struggling against the run, as much as the Bills have without Milano, without Poyer, I almost feel like it would have been a better idea to maybe go with Dotson, a guy that's probably a little bit more familiar with this defense and can probably play multiple roles, do different things. So that might have been an error. But one thing that's kind of sitting in the back of my head as I watch these games without Jordan Poyer if you have one gone out for the season, like Micah High was out, has been out, and it's you know you got to project this thing out with with him not in the picture. Projecting this out with both of those guys out, it really changes the dynamic of this defense. And the longer that Poyer is going to be out, there's two things going on for me. Number one, it's a concern because I think that there's some there, there's going to be some holes on the defense. But the longer that he gets out, at the same time, it gives you a chance to get a longer look at Demar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson and figure out which what's the best way to move forward. Because a lot of people are like, get Jaquan Johnson out of the game, get Dean Marlowe in. I don't even know if that's necessarily the best fit for Dean Marlowe. When he's played in the past in, in, at a high level, it's been in relief of Micah Hyde and more of that free safety role. So there's a lot of question marks with you know the health of these guys. And they're one injury away on defense from, I think, becoming a completely different team. And today... You needed Josh Allen to come out here and make plays and put the team on his back and lead this offense alongside, you know, Ken Dorsey and 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 have it all kind of run smoothly, get out to a lead and kind of cruise to it. If they if they score in the red zone there, they don't turn it over. If they're able to execute on another drive, this game might be over. They they might not have the confidence to run the ball down their throat the way that they did. So these are the kinds of games where we're getting into the middle of last season territory. They got to respond in a big way. I, I think they have the, the people to do it. But it's concerning when you got guys lingering out there like Milano and Jordan Poyer, which I think there's a little bit more unrest about that and the severity of it. We don't really know. Uh, at this point, it's a day-to-day thing. But it, it will be concerning if, if that safety situation continues to be a problem. Yeah, so speaking first with Milano's absence, that was maybe the, the most – uh, eye-opening in terms of the the players that were out because Terrell Bernard was overwhelmed. He had one drive where he missed some tackles in pass defense. He missed some tackles against the run, just out of position. And those are plays that you're so used to seeing Milano make. You know, he'll get right in there and make this the tackle for a loss, or I'll meet the guy at the line where Bernard because. He's inexperienced. He was missing those plays. He wasn't in the right lane. He was getting beat on, on, in terms of coverage. So the Bills kind of rolled the dice on the rookie, and it didn't pan out today. Besides, like I said, Jaquan Johnson, I thought maybe Bernard had had maybe the second roughest day on that defensive uh, in, in the de- defense in general. But going to the safety position, it, it's really interesting because, like you said, Poyer, it's, he's listed as day-to-day. He missed this game. Uh, we'll see where he's at next week. They did bring back Marlowe. Uh, I'm wondering what's going to – how the – I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. The safeties masked Buffalo's cornerback issues, I felt like, last year when Trey White went down. 
I wonder how much Trey White can mask the safety position when he comes back. Because if he comes back and he looks like Trey White, man, and he was inactive today, obviously, that takes a part of the field away from opposing defenses. And that makes life easier for the safeties. So I'm I'm wondering, hopefully, and if you're a Bills fan, that maybe when Trey White comes back, if he looks anything like the, the Trey White of old, is that going to maybe mask some of the problems that we've seen from uh, the, the Hamlin-Johnson combination or pairing that we've seen or with Dean Marlowe in the mix or Poyer returning? You can only hope that it works both ways because when they lost White last year, we saw Hyde and Poyer, uh, I really feel like, help step up in that regard and make those cornerbacks play a high level of football because they knew those safeties were there. If Trey white can do that for the safety position, maybe the defense won't be in as bad a shape as it could be, but you're right. They're getting banged up. They're, they're losing the, their most important players minus Von Miller. And it's really showing one more thing I wanted to kind of hit on before we get out of here. And I think that's a really good point on Trey white and just adding that experience back to the secondary, I think will really give them a boost. I thought at times today, Kyer Elam struggled a little bit. Garrett Wilson's a dude, by the way. Like I, I think he's going to be a really good player. Oh, that's excellent. That's kind of a problem too, for the bills is you kind of like look at this thing out. I think the jets are, are, are real, the real deal. If, if Zach, if Zach Wilson can become just an average level quarterback, they have so much talent and important positions. I mean, sauce Quinnen, Mosley still, Garrett Wilson, and then you think Brees Hall in the next season. They got some really nice pieces, you know, built around a young quarterback that they're still trying to develop. And if they can get a little bit smarter with how they use them consistently, like they did today, that could that could be a really good spot for them. But I, I like that that point that you make about Trey White. Let's end on this. We got to hand out our toolsy player of the game, uh, and we'll do that in a second. But let's talk about Gabe Davis because one of the things that I don't even think I really in game realized you know, how bad he seems to be struggling right now. If he, you go back and watch that Green Bay, Green Bay game, and there were some opportunities that he just didn't take advantage of in that game. And seeing him talk, I, I didn't actually get to be in his scrum. Uh, I was doing a couple different things. I was talking to Dion. I was talking to some other players. And he just had his head down, and he was sitting down. And he takes losses hard. Like, that's not surprising. But, you know, one-word answers, one-sentence answers. He, he seems to really be going through it. Five targets, two catches, 33 yards. He's just struggling today. I thought he should have made that catch on the one where Josh Allen rolled out and it was a tough play, but it hit him right in the numbers. And even that play down, you know, near the end of the game, I mean, he's got to make that play. It's really good coverage from sauce Gardner, but it hits him right in the numbers and, you know, sauce Gardner, they're fighting, but this is a guy that's made a lot of big plays for them. But that, those are the kinds of big plays that because of the inactivity that they've had, trying to address wide receiver two and, and the position in general opposite Stefan Diggs. You've got to live up and be that guy. And it's why we've been on this Odell Beckham Jr. trade for trade train for months and months and months. The same way we're on the Olean train that goes through every time we do a show on Wednesday night. And it's right. it's honking every single time. Well, I'll tell you right now, that trade is rolling heavily, hard to Western New York right now, because I think Bills fans are going to be clamoring for Odell Beckham Jr. They need a little bit more in this offense. And I think Davis's struggles is maybe one of the reasons why. I feel like Davis's big plays have, have overshadowed his drop issues in his career because he, it's been an issue from his rookie year on. It's just that you think of those big moments, the four touchdown game uh, against the Chiefs, the opening game, 488 and a score against the Rams. He's had a lot of really good moments that kind of take away 
and and make you forget about some of the drops. But yeah, that, that third down drop, he absolutely should have had it. I, I get a fourth and forever type of heave that Allen made, tight coverage. It hit him in the chest. So that's a little bit more difficult of a play to make, but still could have made it, should have made it. I feel like this offense is missing that safety valve for Josh Allen. And I'm not saying that Cole Beasley would have been the answer. Obviously, he's retired now. He tried to come and play for Tampa Bay. Didn't last very long. But when they had Cole Beasley, they had that guy in the middle that could get you the the six, seven yards, dive ahead, and put you in those uh, favorable situations. They're not getting that from anyone uh, this year. Stephon Diggs has been outstanding uh, but he's their number one guy. They need another player to step up consistently, and they're just not getting that. So Odell Beckham Jr., yes, it makes sense. Now, reports that the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys are in on him. They really want to pursue him heavily. If he truly wants to play for them and he thinks they're a contender, um, then by all means, maybe that's the fit for him. But I think that Buffalo makes a lot of sense if he is just looking for a one-year deal. If it's multi-year, maybe the Bills don't feel comfortable with that. But if they're looking to win it all this year, this that's kind of the push-in-the-chips type of play that they have to make because it, it, they're not getting the help right now in the slot from Isaiah McKenzie or Khalil Shakir uh, consistently. Gabe Davis is having the drop issues. Stefan Diggs can only do so much in this passing game for this offense. They need someone else, and that someone else could be and should be maybe Odell Beckham Jr., who's supposed to be cleared at some point this week. Uh, Trey Williams uh, with the super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, injury docs are saying Allen's elbow is concerning for elbow sprain. How worried are we? You know, listen. Whenever there's an elbow injury, you, know, you go back to his rookie year and, and that horrible injury that he suffered against the uh, Houston Texans. That's always something that's going to get you you concerned. He said after the game that uh, he was in, in some pain there, but it's something that he thinks he's going to be able to work through. So we'll obviously, be watching him in practice how he throws it. You mentioned it. He had a pretty nice throw after he suffered the injury. So that's probably a good sign, but we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, we're going to have you covered all week long. We'll, well, I'm probably going to have a secondary episode after I watch the, sh- watch the game back. I, I, I don't know the details of that yet, but uh, that's going to be audio only. So if you don't subscribe to shout on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, do that this week because we're going to start rolling out an additional podcast on those platforms. We got to get to our value home centers, toolsy player of the game. And this is a, uh, a bit of a, a tougher ask on game days like this, but we're going to, we're going to do the, the, the hard work here. And let me just mention while we do it and we look over this, this uh, box score text value V A L U to eight zero six nine two. That'll sign you up for their, their text program. And you could start saving even more receive exclusive coupons, see their weekly deals and so much more. Visit valuehomecenters.com for more information. Our Value Home Centers, Toolsy, player of the game. Ryan Talbot, who you got? You know, I I almost feel like I have to go with Stefan Diggs. He's the one player in this offense that showed up, uh, played a really good game overall. Uh, Sadly, looking at the the rest of the squad, I was thinking maybe Tremaine Edmonds or the punter Sam Martin. So that kind of tells you, Matt, what kind of day it was for the Bills where you're having trouble coming up with maybe three or four names on this squad because it was such an Bad day for the defense in terms of stopping the run. Such a bad day for this offense. But Stefan Diggs, always answering the call, uh, winning his matchups, getting open, would have had one of been over 100 yards today had that last catch not been called back for a holding call, a, a, a bad holding call uh, against Deion Dawkins. You know, uh, let me give a quick shout out to DeMar Hamlin, led the Bills in tackles, had a sack, uh, had a quarterback hit, a tackle for a loss. He was flying around today. I thought he played. He continues to be 
pretty good. He gives you some pretty good plays considering who he's replacing. But I'm going to do my value toolsy player of the game. I'm going to go with Tyler Matakevich. I know it's like not a super sexy pick, but dude, this dude he always seems to have a play on special teams every week where he lives up to that captaincy. He comes through, he makes a play. It's not even always a tackle like he had today where he kind of, you know, uh, I think it was on a punt where he kind of got through and, and, and held them to a very, very small punt return, but it was important. And there was, there was a lane if maybe he doesn't make that play, but he's just somebody that's so reliable, a guy that, you know, you take for granted the special teams, this season and what they're being able to do. And you don't, you don't think of a lot of big plays that have happened in the kick or the punt game. And I think Matikavich is a big reason why. Uh, so I'm going to give my uh, hat tip to him today. And speaking of hat tips, listen, I got a hat tip, uh, the tops carry out cafe because they are always getting you set up for game day or any day. And they got your hookup for the, your tailgating spread next week. When you're hoping that the bills wash this horrible taste out of your mouths, and you won't have a horrible taste on your mouth on game day because you can go to the carryout cafe and get yourself a large cheese and pepperoni pizza for $14. Jumbo chicken wing, 10 count, $14. The legendary breakfast pizza, 20 bucks. Pizza or taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. Final thought, Ryan Talbot. Yeah, final thought, you know, Bills Mafia, you saw it last year, a lot of up and down play from the Bills. This is just one loss. Uh, don't hit the panic button just yet, but if they come out and deliver a dud against the Vikings, then, you know, maybe Matt and I will have to de- deliver some therapy next Sunday. All right, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Like I said, head over to uh, Shout on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, subscribe. Be on the lookout for all of our shows this week. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.